Hi there and welcome to this episode of the Skip Meetings podcast, the podcast for curious event professionals embracing the future of business events. My name is Miguel Lamsch and I'm the editor-in-chief of Skip Meetings. And in this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Tui Deep, senior meeting planner at CWT Meetings and Events. In our fun conversation, we talk about why the starting point of any event should be how you want attendees to feel. We talk about reframing our language and how that can define our point of view, which then impacts our action. We talk about why planners need to be better event attendees and why behavioral change is the holy grail of events. And finally, we talk about why communication and collaboration are key to avoiding burnout. Hope you enjoy listening to this conversation and don't forget to check out the other episodes of the podcast. for a word from our sponsors, PHL Life Sciences, a division of the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau. Host your convention or trade show in Philadelphia, one of America's leading life sciences hubs. PHL Life Sciences, the first and only CVB division of its kind, will connect you to the professionals at the forefront of your industry and to a culture you can only find in Philadelphia. A city known for its rich history that's forging a bright future, Philadelphia challenges the expected and defies convention. A world of discovery is waiting. Visit phllife.com to learn more. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Skift Meetings podcast. Delighted to have my friend and longtime uh, connection in the industry and uh, fellow planner, uh, at least when I was a planner, Tui Deep. Thank you for being with us today. Hi, it's lovely being here. I would only wake up this early to do a podcast recording with you, Miguel. So, so Tui's in LA and I am in Denmark. So it's a, it's a long distance recording here. We're nine hours time difference. So um, I think we're going to be in different spirits, maybe different times of the day. But but that's okay. I think we can still have a, a good conversation. We can hold it together. Oh, absolutely. Our conversations are always just the best of times, and so I love that we get to record and share with others. Exactly. That's the best part of doing a podcast is just having a friendly conversation and recording it and uh, kind of sharing it. So Tui, um, I know you've been through a lot of different kind of jobs and a lot of different uh, things in your career, but I'd love uh, for you to introduce yourself and just tell us about kind of the first moments that you connected with events and the event industry. Ooh, what a great question. So professionally, I'm Tui Deep, CGSP, DMCP, CSEP, and I'm studying for my CMP. Um, <laughs> That's those, a lot of C, CEPs. And... You know, we love our acronyms in the industry. And so I honestly do that at this point in my career for pure just entertainment. I'm actually just, when it comes to testing, not the best at it. But when it comes to just ensuring that I stay up to industry standards and also connecting with different industry uh professionals with that same certification. It just brings this big world of events and meetings just a little bit smaller. And so my just jump into events, let's see, my past life, I was a professional cheerleader and I was in charge and led a lot of the event planning within that. So whether that was competitions or our staff dinners or, you know, hotel arrangements, I loved volunteering and and taking lead on that. And from there came just, ah, aha, it's actually not PR that I want to do. It's the world of events. 
do you remember, so give us a little bit of background about the cheerleading. Is that something you did in college and then you kind of kept going? I dedicated about 15 years of my life, starting from what, seven, sixth grade. I was 12 years old, uh, went varsity, cheerleading, all-star, competition squad, all the way to coaching, uh, being a professional cheerleader and collegiate cheerleader. And then I ended my career because I retired in my mid-20s as the interviewer for um, ESPN, the all-star champion world championships down in Florida at the you know Disney World ESPN Center. And so that's where I, I get my interviewing skills. I think a lot of times people, when they meet me, I have this like charisma, this energy, and that comes from really being a professional cheerleader and being able to represent whatever company, you know, that all American, just life. Amazing. And what did you study? Was it, was it connected to the cheerleading? Uh, I went into public relations. So communications with a minor in philosophy, because mm -hmm. I do love just self-awareness and mindfulness and being able to have deep conversations like we're about to dive into and so <laughs> that was too many the, promises you never know you don't want to talk about socrates okay <laughs> <laughs> so okay so you you thought you were going to be in public relations and but you have this kind of uh, uh deeper kind of side as well and then what do you remember what made you kind of interested in events was was there an energy was there a kind of a, a way of being around events that, that you enjoyed i love the fact that ever it's the people in the events industry everyone is so quirky and creative in their own unique way and i'm saying everyone so i, th I think a lot of times people look at creativity and think oh it's the person that's loudly dressed no even ops managers and producers, they creatively solve problems. And so here I am as a young professional and even gr growing up, I, I attended TSO in Los Angeles. And so the instructors I had were already professionals in the industry. Michelle Pulsey from Caesars taught me everything about catering and Patty Shock. And so I was able to really under just grow my network right away and be immersed into that culture of everyone needing each other to do their role and then you get to know these individuals just as humans with their moral compass and then those relationships built and i think that's something that's so beautiful about our industry is that yes we we are all experts in our field yeah i as a planner don't own the chairs i don't own those hotel room blocks i don't own the the rigging and all the av equipments and so needing to depend on others for that and trusting them built that relationship that's so near and dear to my heart that's a prior partner relationship and so i just naturally as just me tui not planner side has this curiosity for getting to know other people's stories because i believe that we're so different we grew up with different experiences yet it's the same kind of learning lessons and so when i first meet someone I think, ah, why does he strongly think so he's so passionate about this specific topic or, well, why was that individual triggered by this topic? And so I just show up very just vulnerable. I hopefully provide a safe and non-judgmental environment for others so then they can share their story. And then that kind of puts the pieces of their puzzle together and gives me my aha moments. And I crave that. Like, I'm just so naturally curious about other people's just life story 
and why it it's brought in us to where we are now, that collision. It sounds like a, a an interest and a set of skills that are quite useful when planning events and kind of uh, creating gatherings, right? Yes, absolutely. So tell us about your, your journey since there, since then, when did you get, you know, how did you get into the industry and kind of take us to, to what you're doing now? Ooh, okay. So I would say I owed a lot to just being a young professional. Um, actually, I can share that because we knew each other through IMAX. I remember sitting down having our conversation about just life and our travels in the future. And so when we met, I it was a small action that really does change where I stand today. And that was being a feature leaders forum being future leaders, which I know you were also um, partook in that. But the night before it started, I just randomly brought up, oh, hey, could I attend this? You know, like I was, again, still finishing school, um, going into my career. And that was back in 2012. And since then, I was invited to be a guest speaker. And this year, I am actually going to moderate the session here oh, nice, for nice full circle. And that's my 10th year at IMAX. And it's just, yes, it's, it goes really full circle. So I have all the industry involvements that I've been a part of. I would say this one's the most sentimental to me because it's the future leaders of our industry. So if anything, I'm, it's more for me to say like, hey, what's cool these days? What platforms are we all on? <laughs> Bet, you know, try to try to use the lingo as a millennial because I remember growing up in this industry being a millennial was like, oh my goodness, what are you doing for to us? <laughs> you know, one of my actually, Patty Shock nominated me for um, it was top millennial in the industry back. I think that was a 2013 award, and really from there, it just it helped me understand just where where my puzzle fit in all of that. And one of the things I talked about in that article was foundations, and so you asked just how it all started. And I believe that there you have these building blocks in order to, you know, get to, let's say, being a planner. I'm really empathetic because I've been a supplier and I had these building blocks. I had a strong foundation. And so I understood how my colleagues, how my partners, what their goals were or their day-to-day -day was. So I really approach things with ideally when we get to do business together. It's yes, it's Tui with CWT. Like it's going to be so much fun. She's always, she's really collaborative. I never want it to be, oh gosh, it's Tui. She wants things tomorrow with a low budget and it's impossible with all these new concepts. Like I really do try to keep it as a collaborative as possible because I really believe that I know a little, a little about a lot of things as a planner. But mm -hmm. to be able to fall back and trust and rely on people who are experts in their field, that takes your event from good to great, in my in my opinion. I like that. I like that. So your journey, I know you, you're now working for CWT, big mm -hmm. agency, travel and events, and you're working on the pharma side, I believe, or on the medical side. Yes, I like to say I'm in the medical field now. So... <laughs> <laughs> But that's kind of a planner role. You've worked with other companies before in, in kind of different roles. Have, has it always been a sort of creative planner role or has it developed? 
I would say, like I said, it was those building blocks. So I worked for starting off in my industry. Actually, the first job was MGM Grand Garden Arena. So I was basically like an usher. And I always say I wish there has to be a video of it somewhere. But at that time, I was either I got accepted to work for either Michael Kors and going into fashion. And I said, no, I really want to focus on events. And so they actually told me I was overqualified for the role as special events representative at MGM in Las Vegas. And I said, no, I promise I'm not. I'm not like <laughs> they're also like, you're, you know, I was also probably the youngest one compared to all the, you know, it's just being an usher. I got to, I got paid to go attend all the galas that were happening, all the concerts. And so that really I'll always remember they said I got the job and I was outside of MGM on Las Vegas Boulevard, just like crying and like happy dancing because I feel like that was just the first step in to getting into my career that way. And it's quite beautiful how when I was talking about building blocks, then working for a entertainment special living decor company all the way up to going um, third party and to, oh, actually DMC work was a huge part of my life, both in LA and in Los Angeles. And so understanding and designing, experience designing was a big part of how I look at the way we plan and, and execute um, right before we hit record. I said, how do we want our listeners to feel, right? That's how I design events is it's not just, oh, we want a circus theme for the gala. It's, well, how do you want your your guests to feel? Is it special? Is it, you know, is this family oriented? It's not really the the themes and the linen colors really that should be first. It's the core details of how do you want your guests to feel? And I believe that that's, and of course, what the meeting objectives are. It's not, I think a lot of times people look at like, oh, what's the venue? What's the budget? And so I take a step back and really look at that. And that's because of how my career has developed throughout throughout the years. Yeah. So you spent some time at PRA, right? From more the, the DMC side, and that was more mm -hmm. kind of incoming and, and setting up the events, right? And then you were with Hawk for a while. We've had uh, Liz Lathan on the show as well recently. So oh, I'm sure you connected there. <laughs> yeah, Liz. It was wonderful just being immersed in their world, Liz and Nicole, because they are also fellow creatives. And so when we got into meetings, it was just constant, just flow of yes, and yes, and. And so it's it's wonderful to be put into environments like that because it's your ideas aren't wacky and silly at all. If anything, we want to build on top of that. And so they've really been having a, you know, a little glimpse into their world and how they saw things actually absolutely helped. And that was during the pandemic as well. And so a lot of people shifted over to virtual. And so having a couple of years of, well, how do we, how do we, still engage with the audience through a screen, right? How can we use this more of a different universe versus just, you know, this is the best that we can do during this time with the safety restrictions that we had. Um, I believed like there was more inclusivity that way. I attended so much more events that way. I didn't have to just fly somewhere, pick and choose. I was able to say, well, I'm going to be a virtual attendee. And that was really great from from that point of view. So yes, I felt like throughout that my career, being the planner that I am today, being the puzzle put together 
person. I developed that because I picked up puzzles, pieces of my puzzle along the way. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's <laughs> interesting. Um, your role now more, you know, healthcare related. Are you able to still exercise your creativity or are there guardrails that keep you kind of stuck? I love this. I love this question because I think a lot of times people think, oh, corporate versus social versus weddings. And I, t <laughs> I tend to say I love the cor corporate world because everyone also understands the acronyms. You're working with fellow professionals, whether that's your hotel contact your CSM or, you know, just the, the suppliers. Um, I say I'm crazy, but I'm not crazy enough to do weddings. <laughs> and that's, I, I love it because you can be creative if you are just able to come with that collaborative spirit. And so understanding, like I said, the, the ROI and how every single, let's say department. So you have your stakeholders who have certain objectives in mind, and that's going to measure out your success. And so from there, of course, there's an agenda, but I always say question, question why things have been done the way they have in the past. Is it quote unquote tradition or it was it just easy and you can, you know, you already had the details information to solidify that. Can we, do we have first off the ability to challenge and change things up a little bit? So being able to do these big you know, conferences and incentive is wonderful. And I think there's, like I said, there's different ways to be creative, including creative problem solving. And so if it's, you know, these challenges, I, I like to, there's certain words that I don't use in my vocabulary. One of them is busy and the other, because I, I, I instead replace it with produ productive because you can be busy, but not productive. But when you're productive, you're, you know, that's the, the goal there. And then I don't say problems, I say challenges. And then when there's a challenge, that's a good thing because it helps you try to creatively solve whatever challenge that is. And so if it's a low budget for me, I say, okay, well, how can we be functional in our design concepts then? How can we utilize this versus, oh, well, we'll just have to get water during this event because it's low. Like, how can we go about looking th at at things from different perspectives. And I think a lot of that also has to do with just being a part with a team that's like really diverse from all walks of life. That's really important in order to experience design. So when you ask, um, what do you want your attendees to feel like? What's a good answer to that? Because I imagine different people have different answers to that. Is there, mm -hmm. I don't imagine there's a right answer, but what's a good answer that helps you create from there? Absolutely. I'll give a great example. In Austin, there is a company, tech company. So of course, you know, these are 20, 30, mostly men. There, it, the, con, the goal was networking. This is the first time they're all gonna come together and they're more on the introverted side. And the budget was low for decor. So my task was looking at centerpieces. And I said, okay, the goal is for them to network. The challenge is low budget on decor because a lot of it went to F&B. And so instead of just coming up with some floral concepts, I said, all right, this group tends to be introverted and they want 
to get everyone talking, especially coming out after two years during the pandemic. So instead, what I did was, do you know those um, kind of brain teaser games? Like it's putting the ring out of the loop or it's kind of uh, almost like those table challenges, like the wooden ones. So you have to, you know, make something into a box or so I did that as the centerpieces because from there, it gets guests to go up, try to solve this puzzle and then say, hey, Miguel, like, I think I got this one. And you can say, oh, I've done that one here. Let me help you. And that immediately gives you the opportunity to then start that conversation. So that's a great way of problem solving. You don't need these in this situation, just these living florals that people are going to look at and say, oh, that's pretty. This particular group with their particular mindset and also the the goal of networking, that was a great solution with what the scenario is so there's no wrong answer for guests to feel a certain way it all depends on what the event is and what the the attendees are of course if it's a awards gala right a lot of times people want to feel special they want to you know that tends to be the vip kind of concept so again it all depends on what your challenges are and then what the return on investment is for those attendees. So there's no wrong answer, just, I guess, understanding what you want the attendees to do or how do you want them to behave. And part of that is also that feeling of of how they should feel after coming to the event, right? Absolutely. When you think about like the charity galas, right? You want to feel what the mission is. A lot of times when I go to attend charity galas, I'm really sad. Because I want to be, you know, and and they do that purposely. They want to share the stories. They want, if it's childhood cancer, you're going to hear these beautiful, wonderful stories and how you can make an impact. And I think if anything, at the end of the day, change behavior is that, is that like, gotta, gotta achieve that. If you can tweak someone's mindset to think a little bit differently, whatever that is, whether it's bringing everyone together and getting super motivated for that sales initiative or again, feeling empathy towards um, people who are in crisis and you're trying to raise funds, being able to tap into those feelings really does help experience design. And then from there, you just go into the event flow of, of items. But since we are, there are listeners that are mainly planners, I will say we as planners need to learn how to just be attendees. That's like my my one thing right now. I think we are kind of the worst attendees because it's so hard for us to shut off our planner mind and not critique the where the bar is and how the lavalier mic needs to get, you know, tuned up or whatever the case may be to just in or I always say in order to experience design, you have to experience often. And so a lot of times I try to immerse myself into just being an attendee and just going through, you know, just how the entrance and where the bathrooms are and being able for that to inspire me in my personal life. That then, of course, helps me excel in my professional. Is that in your uh, mind a, I guess, a, a type of person that is able to do that? 
um, you come across as quite a positive and focused person. So I imagine it's intentional, but you, when you attend events and you want to switch off that critical planner mind, it sounds like you're able to do that. But I, I know personally, I'm not necessarily the most cheerful, you know, top of the morning to everybody kind of person. So I can imagine others might find that quite hard to do. Do you have any advice on kind of how to turn yes. it off? Yes. And you, no, you don't even have to turn it on. Show up authentically you. When you are genuinely you, we need you. We need Miguel, not Miguel who tries to act super positive and energetic like Tui and vice versa. To just show up as you helps. What's that um, quote? The greater, the sum of all parts is greater than the whole. Like, you have so much experience in different parts of your life that when you show up and we get to collaborate, I might not look at something the way that you might have looked at. Um, for example, of course, I live in LA, so I have a lot of vegan and vegetarian friends. And I recently, I was at a wedding in Tuscany and I asked my vegan friend, how does it feel? They put a little bow by her chair so they knew who the dietary restriction um, people were and I said are you used to just getting a salad after everyone got their meal like when you experience and and being able to talk about their specific experience through that and I said you know when do you feel the the most happy um, when it comes to your dietary restrictions she goes when I just when it's not blatantly in my face that people are like oh she's the one with the with the unique dish that you know like when everyone's plates are all put down at the same time so I can just be a part of that community, whatever that group is. And I thought that was really beautiful. And so, yes, don't, there's no, in order for, I believe this industry to, to move up in, up this hill, one, we got to help each other up the hill and two, to show up as who you are. And if you can be vulnerable and, and be who you are, like I, I need the Miguel that is the way that you how with all your experience in life and all your professional expertise, like showing up as as you, because I think that just really takes everything to the next level. I I, I can do that. <laughs> so talk to me about this hill. You talked about moving the industry up a hill. What mm -hmm. is the hill for you? And um, maybe why is it? Why is there a hill there? The hill it can is leaving a positive legacy in my career for the next generation of event professionals. And when I say climb up this hill, I mean taking, I rather take a whole group, lead a whole group up than step on anyone to get up faster. And I think the other quote is, after you get to the top of the hill, you send the elevator back down for the next group of individuals. And so that really comes from that collaborative spirit that I have being able to help one another and and guide each other up. Because even though, of course, there's college courses, there's certificates in events and conference planning, a lot of the experience is not by book. It's just being able to be on site and say, 
how many spandex do I need to put on this chair? <laughs> or why did that VIP not get on the, you know, took an Uber versus look for a signage to get them over, you know, just being able to experience on-site life and the mayhem of that. I'll, I was just recently in Vegas for a program and I had to basically redo the transportation manifest as main arrivals were coming. And it was crazy and it was hectic. And I had a moment where as I was checking everyone's flights and ensuring all the information was correct and, you know, I just kind of stopped and I said, I'm having so much fun, right? It could be, it could have been a real, a, an extremely stressful situation, but when just in that moment being like, I got this and it's because I have my team with me. It's because everyone's coming with a, how can I add value to this situation? There's just something so beautiful about that. And it can't get recreated that, that exact scenario. And so I don't know, it's almost like adrenaline. It's like, a. I don't ever want to jump off anything like a cliff or bungee jump. But when it comes to being on site, it's like that same feeling where you, you're presented with this challenge and you said, oh, from all my experiences and I'm going to do the best that I can with the people that I have around me, let's do it. Like, let's, 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 get, let's get this manifest updated. I'm sure a lot of uh, fellow planners will, uh, will uh, see a lot of their work in, in what you described there. So I'm, I'm sure. Are you ready to celebrate your successes in the world of meetings and events? The Skift Meetings Awards are back for 2024, recognizing the most innovative business events companies across 15 categories, and we want you to be a part of it. Winners will feature on Skift Meetings, sending a clear signal to events professionals around the world that these are partners they can rely on. The final deadline for submissions is June 11th. We encourage you to start your submission today to secure the best entry rates. For more information and to start your submission, head to live.skift.com. So talk to me a little bit about your involvement with ILEA and also the Search Foundation. Uh, you mentioned also your uh, different certifications. Uh, I think those those are, are, are important to you, of course, but I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about this association. Is that part of the idea of moving the industry and moving yourself up the hill as well? Absolutely. Being involved in our industry is so vital in my opinion when i give speeches i that's one thing that i say is that our industry is ha having this network of individuals from obviously locally where you are expanding it domestically and then eventually getting it international and i'm reading a book right now it's an older book with um, malcolm gladwell and it's the tipping point and he talks about connectors and how connectors are important. And I said, oh, I, I feel like I'm a connector. I love, because I have that curiosity of knowing individuals, you know, Miguel, you might be looking for a caterer. And I say, hey, Miguel, meet Steph. You guys are both into astrology and you like walks on the beach and you happen to need each other professionally, like have fun. And so being able to, to have that, that network is really important and being involved in it. So yeah, you could just show up nine to five, which is funny because in our industry, that's, that's a joke, but 
if when you show up and you say, okay, I want to use my expertise and try to and be evolved, be on committees, be on board of directors. Um, ILEO is a really big part of my life because we had to raise funds and sell tickets in order to create these events for other professionals. And I think that's the hardest thing to do. And it it actually drives me because when you plan for other planners, that's the toughest crowd, right? So how do you, there you, we're a little jaded in the fact of we get to see the best entertainment and, you know, a random Tuesday night for us could be at this grand venue with hors d'oeuvres being passed around an open bar and, you know, other fellow professionals. So being able to really hone in on meeting and genuinely caring about who these individuals are they could be your future client. They could be your supplier partner that's going to put out that fire for you in the near future, or they can introduce you to someone else. So I, as I get older, I feel like I'm not as extroverted, especially after 2020. I feel like I need to energized before I go to networking events. And my friends know that I'm the first Irish goodbye as well. I think people think, oh, she's just always out at all these events. And so being involved in the industry is really important. And so, like I said, being I'm now past president of ILEA here in Los Angeles, and I have so much time now, now that I'm not involved in <laughs> being a part of an association. And I'm also, uh, on my sixth year of being on the board of directors for Search Foundation, which is for event professionals in crisis. And that one is so near and dear to my heart. And that all happened because in Las Vegas, when I was VP of programs and education for the ILEA Las Vegas board, I did our first charity gala for um, to support Search. And from there... I was like, this me, this is the bigger picture. Like this, yeah, we plan these grand corporate events, but to to help other colleagues when they are in a not so good, good place in their life, whether that's the fires that are happening in Maui right now, um, to I don't know, like medical expenses for your your kids, being able to anonymously contribute and and help them out is just really beautiful in my mind. So if I could use my skill set to assist others when when they need it, I think that's so beautiful. I'm very uh, happy that you're sharing that and uh, very, uh, very good that you do that. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, could you just explain what the Search Foundation is and, and, and how it works? Yes, absolutely. So it's a nonprofit for event professionals by event professionals. And it's completely anonymous. So um, when you have just, if you are in the events, meetings, catering, hospitality industry, you're able to apply for a grant. And like I said, completely anonymous. I have sat on the board for six years and I still to this day, unless someone comes out and says, I've been, I've received assistance through search. I actually don't know who these individuals are. And they, like I said, are fellow colleagues of us through the industry. And so, yeah, you just apply um, for a grant. Uh, Kareen is there to assist throughout the process. And we have a crisis relief 
committee that again anonymously reviews all the the requests for help and a lot of times they turn it over real fast and there's a lot of sad stories that have been uplifted through you know these funds that we that we have so awareness and of course distributing the funds and raising funds is really our mission so i get to support on the marketing side and that's how i met nick Pirelli. and then from nick like there's so many little actions that you do in life that end up getting you to where you are now so because of nick Pirelli, that's how i met will and then you know from there dustin and again my network just grew so the purpose of it of course was to help event professionals but if anything the board is from all walks of life so Again, that grows the network and this community of ours gets a little bit smaller from that. Smaller in a, in a good sense, I think, right? In a good, in a beautiful, great sense. So um, great things that you're doing and kind of connecting uh, in the industry, but through different ways, not just with your normal job. Um, I know you also are a podcaster. You, you, you're involved and you produce uh, different podcasts. Tell us a little bit about that. I just show up and <laughs> we just banter. So Event Brew, uh, that started in 2019. We announced it at IMAX and we have more brew crew members, but the whole concept of it is it's an opinionated podcast. Uh, and it's like at a conference, the real connections happen when you're at the lobby bar after the events. And that's kind of the conversations that we approach it as. It's it's great energy and banter between between the the guys uh, and myself. But now we've had more brew crew members because you know life is different in 2020 than it's now. Everything's picking up, and so being able to have just that voice to it's playful. It's you know there's times when I'll approach a topic and strongly believe that it's this way and then most likely it's always Nick Borelli that changes my mind because he of course is a genius in his himself and so it's just wonderful it's exactly how when I show up at industry events you'll most likely find me at the lobby bar like afterwards just bantering with others and understanding and what's happening and you know just different scenarios because again there's only so much you can learn in a book and the rest of it is through experiences so if you can bounce ideas off others and have that yes and conversation you know if we can really dream it actually my favorite quote is by napoleon hill and it's um, whatever the mind can conceive and believe the mind can achieve and it all rhymes and so i really do believe in that and there's, if you open yourself up to, you know, as you know, traveling, I'm sure there's been so many cultural experience that you've had through your travels. And I feel like that's how we got connected was through just our, just craving for adventure and this journey and not really under knowing how it's going to play out, but knowing that it'll be worth it in the end. And that's also really beautiful. And so... That's so take us through your, your your travels. You've obviously been traveling with um, work um, wherever your events are taking place, but yeah. you also like to travel outside of work, right? Absolutely. My mom would say I was born into traveling. Um, 
I actually I thought about kind of like my American story because it, it looks a little different than what maybe other people perceive as American. But I was born into traveling because um, not only am I first generation here in the U.S. and an immigrant, but I'm also a refugee. English is my third language. Uh, I was born in Hong Kong. My parents, I'm half Chinese, half Vietnamese. They escaped during the the 80s, late 80s. And just from there, again, it's the curiosity of how everyone lives life. And I just recently came back from my own personal holiday in Croatia and Italy. We went all over the place there. But there's just something so beautiful about learning and seeing different ways of life, whether that's the Domo in Florence and being completely flabbergasted by all the details to even like the color palette of a shoe at a store or how um, cultures really take on what having a meal is, right? That all really intertwines. It can be the smallest of things that really can spark how you design in your professional life. So when you show up and you get, again, a bigger understanding of different walks of life and interacting with those individuals from there, not only can you make like lifelong friends, but there could be a spark. There's sparks everywhere. As long as you're able, Tony Shea says, finding opportunities for collision, right? If I were to just work here at my desk in my home, I'm not going to collide as, with as many people as if I decided just to go to a cafe one day and run into someone, have that conversation, be open to it. And from there, have it spark something that could be something great and life-changing. Like I said, there's these, all, all these opportunities and the decisions that you make bring you to where you are right now in life. And so I think that's beautiful. And you know, it, it's brought us back together, you and I, because we we met at IMAX, we were talking about it, and now we're definitely still seeing each other in in a month. And so that's just so beautiful. I keep saying beautiful because it is. That's okay. That works. <laughs> um, all positive feelings. So creating conscious connections, is that sort of how you would describe that? And it feels like that's your professional role, but also how you... Uh, deal with your professional kind of career. Absolutely. Being able to be open, have that collaborative spirit. Um, I always say it's really how you, again, look at something. If there's a problem, I go into, that's a great thing. That's actually where my learning lessons happen because it's not temporary. It's, it's not permanent failure. It's temporary defeat. And the difference between the two is that learning lesson. So you're, it would be, and especially because we're going into October, which is like burnout, stress out month for a lot of event professionals. And so being able to approach things with, okay, like, let me take a moment, think about this. Let me have emotional intelligence. Okay. What's, what's the sacrifice I'm going to do, like need to give? What's the gain? Is it worth it? Am I going to have to take away some more family time for this trip. Is it worth it? Maybe, or no, it's not. And being able to 
just fill all cups of life. I think as event professionals, we tend to, our work cup is the biggest cup. And throughout my career, from burnouts and everything, I realized it's just one of many cups, your family cup, your friend cup, your you cup, your self-care cup, um, your mental health, your physical health, all of that plays into showing up as whole as you can in all aspects of life, especially especially work. Because if you can come with compassion and grace for other individuals, professionally, I'll always remember earlier on in my career, I had an individual, a supplier that said, oh, hey, can't get this deadline done, but I'll work over the weekend. And I called and I said, I know it's your wife's birthday. Like, I am not going to look at this until Tuesday. Thank you for just, you know, informing me. And from there, we're able to just have better quality of life when we can all just jump in and work together through it all. And I think that's something that as planners, we have such a great responsibility because we can choose, we can help give longer deadlines, right? We have the ability to as we as the the deadlines and the tasks trickle down to the supplier side, they we can we have the ability to give them a friendly heads up to say, hey, um, extend this as long as possible, giving that environment where I don't look for yes people that I work with. And I think that's really great because when you have when you have yeah, when you have people that are experts in their field come and say I understand what you're saying this scenario won't work but this will you're able to trust them that's what you know I feel like can turn good events into great because you're you're able to be vulnerable and honest with each other in that scenario I never want people to be scared I always say when I when we're concepting um, you can, whoever the proposal writer is, even if it's a coordinator, you can bring your mother onto these calls and you can always, it will always make time for you. So if you feel like you have a question and it's important and it's going to save you time, then give me a call because I'll always make time for you, regardless of your title. I want to be able to set you up for success so that you can go out for that hike after work so that you can enjoy family time, if you have pets or anything of that sort, because we're all just humans at the end of the day. Thank you for sharing that with us. I mean, you mentioned burnout. And is is that mm. something that that you want to talk more about? I mean, that's a that's a tough topic. And, uh, it, you know, hearing you talk about how you face your career and all the different work that you've done, it does sound like you've also added a lot of work to your plate, right? You you take everything on. And, and oh my then goodness. That, yeah. that can have its challenges, right? Absolutely. We can talk about burnout and stressed out. And my biggest learning lesson there was boundaries. Healthy boundaries is what's able to make me stay sustainable and have a future in this industry. Because I remember in my, in my 20s, I would say, yes, I can do that. I can add that to my plate. I just have to eat lunch at my desk and I won't use the restroom today and I'll be fine. And if I just like, just hustle, that hustle mentality was in my ability to not say no and take on work um, really burnt me out. And so that I take accountability for because I kept saying yes. And there was times where if I just approached my manager, my leader, 
ship and said, okay, here's the five tasks. I can get three of them done. Please help me. Which three are the most important? What's priority there? Versus like (laughs) crying at 10 p.m., losing a proposal, you know, or coming into the office really early to just work all day. I think a lot of times we are so passionate about what we do that we take on things that we don't have to, especially because it's all a team mindset. People can... um, I always actually, I learned this in my professional cheerleading career is before I go and do something for my own personal gain, like in the events world, I would say instead of doing my expenses, I see that my colleague is going to work until 7 p.m. So I'm going to say, hey, how can I add value to your life? Let's do this together. So we're both out at six. And when you approach things with that mentality and that teamwork, then you're able to not burn out, not feel like you're alone, especially planners. We tend to all be remote and kind of sideload and just focused on whatever programs that we have. And so having, I actually love attending events with fellow planners because there's just this look where I say, I feel you. I understand completely (laughs) what you're going through, how your day-to-day is. And from there, just being able to share with one another that those experiences the goods and the bads it it really helps you know get that tension off your kind of shoulders and from there I kind of I always kind of approach things with solution oriented so if someone's you know can't find a DJ in Florida then I say here that's where the network comes in I was like here let me add value to your life let me just introduce you this to this individual And so, yeah, stressed out, burned out. I will say now with my career at CWT, I feel so taken care of. I come back from my holiday recently and I thought I was going to have to play catch up, have hundreds of emails in my inbox. And my team had me and they, you know, it's, it's it's a really big breath of fresh air that the culture, the work culture there is work is just a part of your life. It's not your whole life. So how can you know, you, how can I keep you accountable and setting your healthy boundaries so that you can fill your other cups? And um, it's just wonderful. And I think that the leadership that is at place, there's a difference between managers and leaders. And I truly believe that the leaders that are in the positions that they are, like they were born to be leaders and they have greatly helped me professionally and personally and just keeping me on track with everything. So stress, burnout, work burnout. It's not a badge of honor to say, I'm so busy. I have so much work. I haven't slept, you know, like that's not okay, especially, and I'm seeing this future generation come up and really stand for that, um, which is beautiful. And I, there's something about the next generation that's a little unhinged that I completely love uh, because things are definitely going to change. And if you can look at change, I don't know, for me, I look at change and I'm like, yes, how can we adapt? How can we shift? How can we, um, this is a 2020 throwback. How can we pivot, right? And so healthy boundaries, work culture, like relying on your team and really being, hold yourself accountable to what you say in regards to, the amount of your workload leave time to stand up go outside listen to your podcast go get coffee hug your 
significant other, you know, leave time for all of those things because that actually fuels you up. That's why a lot of people go on vacation and they come back refreshed, refueled, recharged. Um, a lot of times we tend to step on the pedal when we're all on empty and that's coming up. Like October is that month. A lot of times it's Q4. People are trying to close out for the year, plan for next year. A lot of things I'm seeing less um, lead way time. So you have shorter deadlines. So figure out with your team how you can work smarter, not harder, because we need you. We can't have people. I always say, I would never want a supplier partner of mine to show up on site and be like half a human, right? Like in dedication of providing excellence in success for this particular program. I want you to feel as whole as possible. So you come in with a positive mental attitude and you've had enough sleep. Like I need you to take care of yourself in as a human, because then you're going to show up better as a colleague. Makes a lot of sense. And thank you for sharing that with us. I think a lot of people have similar experiences and I'm um, good to hear that you're working with a company that um, provides this space for you and provides these resources. Um, I kind of summarize that in my head as, as, as collaboration and communication being the keys to avoiding burnout. Would, would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Communication within yourself, communication with your, with your teams, with your suppliers and absolutely. And being collaborative through all of that, because like I said, if we can just support each other as just the simple humans that we are, then it's going to make you better as a professional. Absolutely. Because we need you. Don't don't burn out. Don't stress out. And we can take that statistics of our industry is the fifth most stressful careers. Like, isn't that insane? Like over half my best friend group, they're in the medical field and they're saving lives, like actual lives every day. <laughs> And so don't be, don't be stressing out because you don't have enough turkey sandwiches, you know, you, you didn't order enough and now you have more ham. Like just take a moment to just take a, a breather and realize, okay, is this really going to impact or it's a learning lesson for the next time because in our industry, we're constantly shifting and changing and we're just doing our best to keep up. And so if you actually, again, going back to my professional, or actually not professional cheerleading, I was an all-star cheerleader at this time. My gymnastics coach said, do the best that you can with what you have in this moment. So, and you, your best can be different every single day. And so don't be too hard on yourself too. Cause I think a lot of times um, I can, from absolute experience, you have, be a cheerleader for yourself. And that when you are, when you rally, when you're rooting for yourself, then the biggest critic, which is also yourself, can't be present at the same time. So if you're rooting for yourself, you're saying, okay, it's okay. Have some grace, have some compassion for others and for yourself. Tomorrow's a new day. Um, you show up the best that you could for this. It might be only six hours of productivity. The next day, it may be you're extremely motivated to get through more items but you know give yourself a pat on the back we're doing the best that we can just every single day <laughs> great message to end on thanks for sharing that with us so I want to wrap up there but i think you've shared some really interesting uh life stories uh i think a lot of stuff that you've shared is very relatable a lot of people will have similar experiences but also some great advice and i think a lot of it comes from 
your experience. So it's always valuable to have that uh, that personal kind of advice and that share that personal experience. Absolutely. Wanted to get your recommendation for somebody else who um, we should have on the podcast because we'd love to continue the conversation on some, one of these topics or many of the topics that we've covered today. I love that. Okay. Well, if I have to recommend someone, it's actually a new planner friend of mine. Her name is Lindsay Adams. I met her in Madrid on a fam and we sat front and center at a flamenco show. So we felt the vibration and the experience. And I think she could have some just great conversations with you and really add value to the listeners. She was just, I wish I met her sooner in my life. Um, she's just one of those just expert professional in what she does. Um, she's based in Minneapolis and, you know, you, you'll definitely get some, some laughs with, with her. So Lindsay Adams is my, it's my recommendation. Perfect. Appreciate that. Hopefully we'll get in touch with Lindsay and have her on the show soon. Tui, always a pleasure. Thank you for being with us today. And thank you for sharing everything so openly. Uh, wish you lots of success and we'll be seeing you at IMAX America very soon. Thank you so much.